You're listening to the AFL Unlimited podcast, where we tackle all the hot topics in the AFL and bring you up to speed with everything you need to know in the football landscape. We'll take a look at this weekend's games and have some mixed discussion about what to expect. Let's head up to the box for the opening bounce. Friday night provided a thriller with the Cats and Jeremy Cameron just getting over the line against the struggling Dogs. Melbourne need to face their demons after its second loss in a row against a bubbling swan side. And Freo are a legitimate contender in the flag race with a strong win at home over the Lions. Lots to talk about this week, boys. Sure is, mate. Plenty going on. Absolutely. It's great to be here. Yep. <laughs> yeah, cool. We'll, we'll kick it off with the uh, Friday night encounter. It was a very 50-50 game going into, into said encounter and a lot of fans weren't exactly sure what was going to happen with the Dogs' questionable form over the year and the Cats have been pretty up and down as well. But Tiz, how did you see the game? It was a ginormous um, clash and obviously uh, you know, Geelong started off in a flurry. They, they kicked you know, seven goals to one in the opening term and they led by 33 at quarter time and... Um, they got to a game high leave of 40 points and, you know, in that second term, we're thinking, well, this could get really out of hand, but um, the Dogs obviously amounted a little bit of a fight back. Um, you know, the Cats were slick in the clinches early and they were able to obviously get their forwards isolated to one-on-ones and, you know, Geelong's pressure was ultra-impressive and, you know, that forced the Dogs into a turnover game, which led to those scores. Um, the dogs, you know, they, they bit back and um, kept the cats goalless for almost a half a footy, which was absolutely crazy. Um, their pressure lifted immensely, and um, you know Geelong struggled to move the ball sort of throughout the evening. Uh, but yeah, Geelong's resolve in the last quarter was significant. You know, making the most of key opportunities um, to ultimately sink the dogs. Jeremy Cameron was exceptional uh, once again. You know, kicking six goals in what was a gutsy win for the cats having their backs to the wall for the large parts of the contest. And um, what, what a game, boys. It was, uh, it was great to get the chocolates. Um, what, do we, what do we think of the clash? Tommy Stewart is pretty crucial, isn't he, to the Cats? Yeah. Massively Struggle. crucial. So, yeah, I thought it was a really gutsy win by the Cats. I was really pleased. Uh, me and Tice were there, and it was uh, some sort of game. So, yeah, it just showed what a key defender can do structurally. We probably have seen it with Stephen May and Jacob Wiedering as well in recent weeks. So, no, I was really pleased. I think both supporter groups and the clubs would have gone in thinking we can definitely win this and it's a super important game. And, uh, you know, it certainly hurts the dogs' chances of the eight or making any sort of impact and definitely helps the Cats' hopes for top four. Yeah, the, the Cats did look to be off for a cracker in that first <laughs> quarter, smashing it. Cameron was like, oh, I'm just going to win the Coleman in one game, basically. <laughs> mm. Almost looked like he was going to be kicking double digits in, in a game. <laughs> but um, they just kind of dropped off. They just kind of... Well, I think equally to the Dogs, they actually picked up majorly and, and looked to be, you know, taking it on. Um, but, but yeah, the, the Cats were just kind of... just kind of pushing back enough to hold on to it. But honestly, I, I was a bit disappointed by the Cats' performance towards towards the end of the game. They all did well to to, cl- to clinch the win, but really you shouldn't be letting them back in after having such a dominant first quarter. You should be able to just put them to the sword. Do you think the whole look of the game changed with Stewart? Like, or were you disappointed with how we dropped off around I the ball? I don't think it was a Stewart's out, we've fallen to pieces. There's mm. enough of a decent back line there that they can easily hold their own without Tom Stewart. Um, yeah, I, I just think the midfielders got 
got taken advantage of as well. Um, <laughs> taken advantage of? <laughs> the forwards be careful. weren't really capitalising as, as well as they could have. And yeah, the dogs kind of just got on top. And it was only with a few people kind of lifting a little bit. I think particularly uh, Reese Stanley in that second half lifted to try and you know quell the influence of, of English. But yeah, I, I still think they want to improve on that, the Cats. The dogs are a good side, though. Like they're they're always going to come back. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty gutsy themselves, and I, I think, you know, we're we're travelling okay as well. But I think, yeah, we, you've got your full back out. Um, then you've got your your best, most important player out. I think that is quite disruptive. And yeah, they're always going to come back. But um, I think what's more impressive is that we were challenged for large portions of the game, but then we we're able to respond and sort of you know put it to bed when it mattered. So not the uh most glamorous win of all time but um, it's really good when you can get over the line with those results lengths. Yeah certainly from a Geelong perspective I mean obviously Stuart out is a massive loss but to have you know De Koning flourishing oh. in front of the competition's eyes and to be able to you know just take that full back spot and then to have Zach Guthrie your man Chook really come to the fore and look like a really solid best 22 contributor now um, step up to the plate big time but um, from a dog's perspective their kicking in the first quarter especially in the first half was horrendous and um, accounted to a lot of um, the Cats score on the board um, they cleaned it up a bit and Geelong's pressure as you mentioned Chook obviously dropped off from the first quarter because it's hard to keep that pressure up for that mm. long but where do we so- sort of feel the dogs are sitting now in terms of how they reacted in that game and in the season as a whole um, 6-6 going into the bye yeah I just think they're probably a 6 to 10 sort of side close to the 6 to be fair but I think I think they'll make the 8 but I think they do a hell of a lot right particularly around the ball I mean we know mm. that it's just the same old story you know Hawkins and Cameron were always going to dominate you know unless something really crazy happened that was always going to be a big weakness for the dogs and in attack it was the same old thing it, it felt like Norton or, or just about no one else yeah yeah, that's that's pretty well summarised. I think, um, yeah, they it, they have to have that midfield contest game going supremely well for them to be ultimately competitive. And too much is left to almost too few at times. And yeah, those one on one contests were, were pretty crucial, as we saw Cameron kick six. Yeah. That helps when you have one on ones. I didn't quite follow the the mid season draft as as well as others may have seen, but. What I did see is I know Carlton realised that they're lacking down back with a lot of injuries and they went and brought in a, a key position player who's probably going to actually play in Durden, I believe. Mm. Probably going to play a lot of football now that there's some injuries down back there. I'm not sure if the Dogs, did they have a pick or did they were they able to take recall, a pick? I, but I know they passed on a later pick, but I'm not mm. sure if that was their only one. I would just say, because we've been saying all year that their key tall mm. department is, is lacking majorly and... I'd hope that maybe I'll, I'll have a look <laughs> during the episode and come back to you, but mm. I would hope that they'd picked up someone 190 centimetres plus because they need it, because mm. they've got nothing going on down there. Well, Lang, as you mentioned, uh, could Aaron Norton go back? And I know Kingy even mentioned that yes, on the old man's yes, test yes. Well, this I, morning. I just think, you know, coming from a, a mixed netball background, we all play <laughs> together in the old mixed netball, and the forward line is where you sacrifice first. And, mm. and that, that always is going to operate... Uh, in in some fashion, if it's getting in there, okay. But I just think they have to put Norton back down there as a as a body because O'Brien and Gardner were getting absolutely ragdolled by mm. by Cameron and Hawkins at stages. Um, I think they've got enough to work within the forward line as is, but I just think their back line is where they're just leaking score and they're 
you know, they're probably three games under where they should be in terms of win-loss because uh, they've just been smashed on the scoreboard and they just need a body there to prevent a lot of that. I agree damage. to an extent, but that they'd be they'd be cooked up forward, wouldn't they? Yeah. You know, like I, I get what you mean. I th- I think I think they can throw whatever they mm. want around. I just think they're a key position player short and um, yeah. they need Jamara to, yep. to come on. Well, not not putting too much pressure on yep. the young lad, I'm sure he'll be fine and probably is it Sam Darcy, Luke's son? That's correct. I mean he's such a raw product, but mm. even if he was just fit mm. I don't think he's fit you know, potentially he could just be a body as, as yeah. like I said yeah. I believe Josh Bruce is playing VFL after the yeah, bye yeah, so yeah, that point, would yeah. that, I mean they just need him to get right mm. straight away they really do <laughs> they really do I don't see them getting too much scoreboard pressure without Norton up there um, yeah he, he, you just see like his ability to take contested marks his work on the ground is significant so um, yeah Josh Bruce is going to be the answer to a lot of those problems potentially just go full straight small forward Mitch Wallace in just like chaos ball inside yeah, 50 is where know. my thinking was going but mm. uh, yeah. I'll just say something. apologies to the dogs because I was looking and it seems they may not have actually been entitled to actually pick someone up in the mid-season because uh, they, 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 they weren't retire. named at all maybe they should have actually <laughs> Tom Lynch from North Melbourne just walks into work happy as Larry isn't they for listening like look Tom <laughs> if you're fired yeah. uh, <laughs> we, need, we need a spot on our list do so. a Josh Caddy you yeah. know just basically just <laughs> clean house and get some picks because I like how Richard were talking about um, Josh Caddy was like, you know, it's a selfless decision. Like Sean Grigg, you know, go and let Marlon pick <laughs> it. Gun to his head. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the same situation with Josh, that's for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll get straight into the uh, the second game. Now, two weeks in a row that the Melbourne Demons have gone into the game favourites, obviously, and, and just been given a taste of their own medicine throughout the game. The Swans were fantastic um, in the game against Melbourne, defeating them by a margin. I forgot. 12 points. But yeah, some some problems for Melbourne Chook. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one and I had Melbourne mates and I had other people telling me, <laughs> gee, the odds on the Swans are actually pretty good this week. They were paying like 4 or $5 to get the win, which is, a lot of people were saying, they're going to be much closer and they're going to be right in this fight. And Well, obviously, <laughs> I might have to retract some statements from last week because I claimed the Swans were going to fall out of the eight eventually. Because yeah, I just, yeah, you smashed I thought them. that they were performing above average, batting above and... Oh, Maybe not real. yet. We've yep. been shown that. Maybe I'll be proven right at some point, but hmm. not this week because they performed spectacular. Um, they were right in it. They were in the fight. Melbourne, I don't think Melbourne were necessarily down. Mm. I just think the Swans were there in the arm wrestle. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I'm happy to retract the statements uh, and, and it's say, like guys, in court. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I did not have <laughs> negative relations <laughs> with yeah. the Swans. No, um, <laughs> well done to the Swans. It was interesting. I think Max Gorn arguably was best on ground. Oh, he was um, definitely best on ground. Probably yeah. one of the best performances we've seen from a Ruckman almost yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Three goals. Um, 20-odd hit. Well, how many touches? He nearly 20, 20 contested to touches. I think he almost had 30 touches and 30 yeah. hit-outs. I think con- he had like contested 20 contested touches. Was he was just all over the ground, impacting everywhere. And I think almost that's a, a, an incline of how bad Melbourne kind of were in a way that he shouldn't have to be doing all that effort. He shouldn't be the one kicking goals up forward. <laughs> Did we get... We got no goals from either Brown, did we? The Mitch or Ben up forward? Ben hasn't kicked a goal in three weeks. Yeah. So, Ooh. Ooh. you're relying... What do you mean by that? He hasn't kicked a goal in three weeks and they've lost the last yeah. two games. So, so, you're relying on your Ruckman to kick three goals and you're relying on Luke Jackson also to kick a goal. 
But you had two guys who were there to be your main key forwards in, in Browns. And I know Mitch Brown was a late call-up. But, <laughs> mate, you're supposed to be clinching this with hands and the <laughs> marks as well. Because I'll lead to it, the McCartans had a bloody great Field game. Yeah. Mm. They were all over those two. And that's probably the reason why Gorn had to carry the load was because both the Browns were absolutely covered. Like, mm. I can't believe it. You were critical of Sydney, and one player that I was critical from a Swans perspective was Laddams. I just felt he gave yeah. Gorn way too much mm. space, and he was yeah. just... If Reece Stanley did a fantastic job on English and stopped his dominance around the ground, Laddams did the opposite and was almost <laughs> at the popcorn out like he was watching Gorn. <laughs> Probably had him as, as a captain's super yeah. <laughs> Laddams was like, I'll let him yeah. go and get another contested mark down the line. And no can. physical presence yeah, from him, was, was it? It was pretty poor, but um, yeah, you're right, Chuck. The McCartans have been fantastic mm. this year as a defensive wall down back. They've been really good, and, and down back is not all where the, the two talls were playing well. Up forward, Whoa. they're going to be saying, mm-hmm. who needs Buddy anymore? Because they <laughs> were performing... Great. We had young McDonald showing plenty of spark. He was trying to snap him over his head. He still yeah. kicked about three goals, I he believe. And, mm. and Reed just looked strong. Clear. Yeah. He was taking clear grabs, beating strong. his opponents, yep. kicking goals. You could attribute it maybe <laughs> to, you know, uh, the back particular back missing in. down back in uh, <laughs> Melbourne. Yep. But, um, yeah, they were just fantastic. And I, I couldn't be more than impressed by that. Obviously, Demons kind of slip a bit closer to the pack now. They're only one game clear of both Brisbane and Fremantle. I think if was it if Brizzy had gone up, could they have potentially taken it, or was percentage maybe? Uh, they would have jumped them, I believe so. Yeah, I think so it was just two percent. They've think. come closer to the. They've come closer to the pack. We know that they can bleed. I don't think this is over for Melbourne. I still see them as being the most impressive side in the comp. They have talent all over. We just saw Christian Salem come back into the side. Once their talent is all back in, I think they'll be firing. They'll kill it again. Um, we saw with Fremantle, we criticised them after having two back-to-back losses that were pretty disappointing, and they came out and beat Melbourne. So, I don't know. I think the Demons are still one you don't want to, you know, have a have a, have a a shocking day against because they'll probably still tear you apart. But they're probably, yeah, this is more than a wake-up call for them. Did you have any thoughts on either team there, fellas? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Melbourne <laughs> did. Melbourne uh, definitely. You know, Steve Mays clearly, if it hasn't already been identified, the last two, three weeks or last year, really is definitely their most important player. And you know, I don't think uh, Reed takes all those contested marks. You know, with mm-hmm. May in the side, so that's just how much of a loss he is to them. But yeah, credit to Sydney. Obviously, their their work in the contest was really good. Their ball movement from the back half to forward half, you know, it was really profound. They were able to sort of, you know, get really good looks with those forwards. We saw McDonald and Reed, as um, Chuck mentioned, sort of flourish up forward. And, um, you know, just a, a couple of decisions late that, you know, went, went the Swans' way and they, they made they made them pay. So, um, you know, we saw Papley kick a clincher and, um, yeah, like it was just a really impressive performance overall. Um, Melbourne have, don't really have too much to worry about, I wouldn't have thought, but... Um, just a impressive yeah, performance from Sydney who, you know, they conceded probably um, a fair start to Melbourne. They seem to get off to good starts yeah, at these yeah, sure. regularly. And um, you know, I think they were 27 down. But, yeah, the, the Bloods, uh, you know, they, they don't die. They, they, they keep fighting back. And funnily enough, three weeks ago, we were saying, is Melbourne going to lose a game? And uh, <laughs> everyone's asking the question, you know, will they be defeated? And um, yeah, team, teams will always lose throughout the year. Well, that's it. It just shows there's a chink in the armour. I think last week it was like, oh, it's a, not a bad loss, you know, I'll wake them up. And it it didn't. You know, yeah, they played all right, but they're gettable. I think that's what it shows, that they're gettable. 
You get about 60% of your score from turnover. They got five points oh, from turnover. You stole my stat, Ooh, mate. I'm echoing my oh. David King when Langers are short listen to the same stat. radio station. Yeah, well, that's, that's a big stat, isn't it? Massive stat. Yeah, what's that? Like 5% of their score, scores from turnover is, wasn't there you know, or, and, or was there. Yeah, yeah. 95% was gone. It's nuts, isn't it? And... Um, you know, the Swans, they're, they're a fluky side. You know, I think their best is amazing, and um, then they can genuinely play like a bottom eight side as well at yeah. times. But their good is so damn good, I they guess put it on the board. We've spoken about that, sorry, but, uh, You're right, uh, about um, you know, potentially being a younger team, and yeah. that's where that yeah. bottom can sort of be. But mm. when, when it's on, it's on. Like Logan McDonald, you mentioned before, yeah. was a very good Rising Star nomination this week with the three goals and nice. 15 touches. So Come didn't even know me. he was eligible because he looks like a 40-year-old accountant, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do your tax. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, some some big talking points for both teams out of that game. Definitely. Does Buddy get back in the team? Or? <laughs> he probably does. They've won six out of the last seven without him. Well, I think, I think, Interesting. Yeah, I think Reed probably misses, unfortunately, but it was yeah. probably his career. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they just remembered who um, yeah, Reed was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually... Finding him up for it as an option, but yeah. Um, yeah, what not Ben, by the way. Uh, yeah, Darcy, yeah, look, Darcy. Saturday night. Did he call him Ben Rangers? Yeah, the whole game. Oh, oh, my God. Um, Just on, say Reed if you don't know his first name. Yeah. Honestly, probably oh. Joel Amati played. I was mm. probably he comes out and then yeah, Reed plays. But Amati played a really critical role in similar to what Stanley did over the weekend against the Dogs, was just taking space and like blocking mm. players from going up to Mark. So really important role mm. that was from Amati. Mm. Yeah, that's oh. interesting. I'm done there. <laughs> I can't really talk about um, first name basis because um, it's, uh, it's Jake Bowie, not uh, not Jack. Yeah, so, so uh, Jack. That's oh, why I'm put, back, mate. Put, put I, I, I thought up. I'd give you another week on the uh, hosting chair, but you ruined it in the first sentence. So, oh, my God. Um, All clear. I was listening to that nearly throw my phone out the window. Oh, boy. He's like, Jack Bear. He's, like, oh! He's ruined it. He's you could have tarnished just, our record. You could have just taken out the Jack bar. No, no, it was funny, mate. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually didn't notice that. Yeah. There you go. I, I did. I, I did. just didn't want to embarrass you. I did. Oh. <laughs> I did. My ears were bleeding. Oh, um, oh my God. Now, another big Tums. game. A top, a top four tussle. Oh, I was. In the West, Frio took on... Or Brisbane went over to take on Frio. They did, mate. And I was really confident about the Lions, even though I'm Ooh. on the flag mantle train, and it didn't yeah. turn out that way. Oh, wow. Did you tip the Lions? Boo. I did tip the Lions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I must have forgot. Well, there you go. Yeah. No, it was a big game, obviously, and <laughs> and it proved that way. Big tussle. Shorty was just delivering uh, groceries, so I didn't quite get an amazing grasp of the game. But I was impressed by the Dockers. I think the fact that they were challenged... Was uh, Langer's just giving me that real look in the eye? I think you're just the, so used to referring to yourself in third person oh, on yeah, your platforms. Yeah. I forget that I'm not on my ridiculous YouTube channels or times. Everyone's like, wow, this guy's referring to yeah. himself in the third person. <laughs> Sorry, mate, come um, on. No, I was impressed by quite a few things from the Dockers. The fact that I think last time we saw them make a statement game was down at Cattery, and then they, I remember that. they didn't quite back it up. You know, they, they got ahead of themselves, according to the coach where they took out the Ds and then they took out another scalp. So, massive performance. Like I said, they were challenged at times. The Lions were up and about early, there's no doubt about that. And then they hit back and found a way to get out of the top. So, that's a sign of a really good team. I think when, you know, Dockers are still a relatively young team. So, I think when they're making their way up the ladder, you, you like to see consistent, good performances. Like, they've won plenty of games, obviously, but I thought it was massive to knock off the Ds and then the Lions was huge and, and I just think um, yeah, they're, they're the real deal aren't yeah. they I think it was I think Brisbane was the best offensive team 
and it's well documented that the Dockers are the best defensive team. So mm, oil and water, as Kingy says. Ross, Ross Lyons just having a red wine by the fire going, like, my work here is done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, very impressed by the Dockers. I don't think the Lions lose too many fans nah. off that game. but it's a tough trip. Um, yeah, they're a damn good team. Fremantle. Not many teams are probably going to win over there. Um, mm. Kudos to the Saints very early yeah, in the year for, for finding a way. You know, 10 point winners there. Um, but yeah, the Lions were, they didn't give up either. I thought when Freo got on top in the third term, they're, they're a bit of a premiership quarter team. The Dockers, they, you know, they yeah. really hit their stride in the third term once again. Um, Ailey Banfield. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a man. It just come, comes out of nowhere. I'll tell you what. Frederick on the ground ball. I oh. saw him in the last quarter. He just, I swear he got four or five just ground balls. Awesome. And then he's just like a clear run inside 50. He's, his improvements. He's got um, hands. Yeah, been absolutely out of sight. Uh, Lob's been a really good presence up forward. And yeah, just you just have to admire the, the Dockers' work and the contest and just being able to get it you know, outside of the contest and you know, really challenge the Brisbane defence and you know mitigate um, Brisbane's you know real damaging run from the stoppage. So they're great at you know stopping teams, being able to exit the stoppage but then they're really getting some good service up forward and um, hitting the scoreboard well so defending it very well and complementing that with some um, some attacking prowess up forward yeah definitely I think mitigates the word I was trying to use about 10 minutes ago when I just made, <laughs> made a word up earlier so please ignore that <laughs> <Insert> um, mitigate <laughs> um, we've seen a lot of growth in Fremantle this season if you look back at last year, I think we saw some weak links. I think we saw a team that was actually dependent on Matt Taberner a lot when mm. he was, you know, kicking all their goals. Seven and, goals. <laughs> and they were kind of looked a bit lost when he wasn't there. I think he's only played about six games this year so far, Tab. Um, he didn't mm-hmm. play this week, Tab, if I recall. Yeah, and Walters was out. And yeah, mm-hmm. and they all lifted. Well, Lob is performed. He showed that he deserves to be in this side. And. They're all looking really good. They're all lifting majorly. I was a bit sceptical at the beginning of the year. You know, they were had lost a couple of players. But Brody's come in and he's oh, killing it. Geez. It's amazing. Five um, in the twos racked up a casual like 22, 23 touches. Yeah, like 24 in like um, 70% game time. Yeah. I think this side is going to be very scary to play against. Well, the question is, who does Fife come out for? Come out be, for. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry, who does Fife? go in for yeah honestly I just give him 19 or 23 yeah you'd have to uh, dive into the team lineups there but I no one comes to mind it would probably just be a it'd be just some a youngster it wouldn't be out of that midfield I wouldn't have thought you wouldn't take it out of the midfield no it would just be like a flanker that they just kind of choose if Banfield didn't kick forward then he would come out because you'd have to do it forward and then add a rotation because you yeah. can't move Brody because he's been like the best contested player yeah. in the, the comp almost this year. The the crazy thing is I don't know half the names of these guys. <laughs> so oh, I, couldn't, I don't know where they play. Um, maybe a Collier gets dropped for five can play a bit Travis, forward. Sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah, and he was really good on the weekend too. So it's going to be uh, not the worst problem to have though, you know, with um, who five comes in for him. Yeah, that's been interesting hearing saying, oh, how are they going to fit Nat Fife back in? It's like, well, he's an all-time great. Like They'll, they'll find a way to fit him back in. I don't... It, you fit him in. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a star. Just diving into Brisbane a little bit, I think they're, they're second on the ladder still, aren't they, at the yep. moment? How underrated has their season kind of been this year? I feel like they're not getting enough media attention as they were last season. They're not, you know, people aren't getting as excited about them. This is still a good-looking mm. sight. Despite what happened in finals, this side is still really impressive. Um, they've got a lot of positives going for them, and I, I still see them going pretty far in the season, and, and they're showing themselves already. They're clearly 
in the top three, four mm. teams in the comp, and I, I feel like they're not getting enough credit. I think they're getting kind of skipped over when when people are talking about sides, um, or when they're talking about teams in contention. They're going, they're getting so excited by the teams like Carlton and Fremantle who've mm. risen up, and then they're obviously talking about Melbourne who had been dominant. That they're kind of just going, oh yeah, and Brisbane's there too, and then just moving along. Yeah. Give some more credit to this Lions side because they're young still. They're really impressive. And, um, yeah, I don't they're think they're going to win the flag, but I still think mm. they're a bloody good side and they need more credit. Yeah. I think it's just sort of accepted, isn't it, that they should be doing this. I think quite a few top four finishes from them in a row now. Mm. So I think you're right. They probably don't get as much love because this is probably what we expected. But I think the true love will come if they can perform in September that's that's where they're at as yeah. a club like, like Geelong they're, they're one out of six in finals um, so they've got to they've got to address that fellas length yeah well that, that's the word I was going to use is expectation I think has just gone up this year on the lines um, so they're not doing terribly at all and they'll, they'll still be there at the pointy end but they're just going to take one extra step can I just give you a quick one Surely. Lloyd Meek if you're Stephen oh, Wells, stealing my content. If you're, I didn't even hear this one on the radio. But if you're Stephen Wells, you just you're giving him a call. You're telling someone to give him a call because yeah. I'm telling you, he is a number is one ruck, yeah. ready to go, just in the shadow of Sean Darcy. He, he killed, Ballarat he boy. killed Geelong Ballarat late boy. in that last quarter um, when Geelong Freer played Geelong. Yes, and Geelong, yeah, he did. Yep. big fella, big fella. Yeah, he's a big yep. boy. I loved his kick out in the full. By the way, that was, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> there was yeah. a nice chance late to um, sneak sneak. Uh, I think if you if you're Stephen Wells, you're kind of a bit too occupied with some of the young talent you're raising that are already on the list that might be looking to be knocking on the door this season mm. even potentially I hope but, so uh, get making yeah I think that's coverage of those main games Langers did you mm. were you looking to cover the remaining ones yeah absolutely mate <laughs> uh, that's a fantastic segue um, there were some <laughs> interesting games uh, throughout the rest of the round uh, Adelaide defeated West Coast by 31 points. Uh, West Coast would have broken an all-time record of most consecutive 50-point losses if oh, this was boy. another one, so they just avoided history there. They must be pumped. <laughs> uh, Gold Coast had a, did a great game against uh, North. They were down early by about 20 points and then um, won by 62. This is the old 80-point swing. Oh, North going very well. Um, Pure inside 50 is about 81. Yeah, so well, you, say, you, you were saying that the record... It could, it could, it could be. have been a record. 80, I don't, I don't 81 recall. or something inside yeah, 50s I don't recall for Gold Coast. seeing a game with that so. And they only kicked 109 points. How didn't they kick like 800 points? Yep. Um, <laughs> Collingwood beat Hawthorne by four points. Oliver, Oliver Henry Classic. has probably won three games off his own boot almost this year, mm. um, getting Collingwood in front in three final quarters this Very year. Very unlucky not to get some in-depth coverage on that game because that, yeah, that was spectacular. That was a I game. probably just didn't catch enough of the game. To it was to weird. It was, it. It, was a, it was a boring good game. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, that's a nice compliment. <laughs> yeah. like it was close, hander. but it was just sort of like you know maybe two. Not that Collingwood or Hawthorne are poor teams, but you know two sort of it teams was, young that are young that were sort of just. It was it interesting. Out. Nick Dacos stepped up majorly to be oh, yeah. thirty six touches, which and... is something that we thought we were going to be seeing a lot more of this season. Mm. He was kind of chill in that half back role, but very chill. He looked great. Mm. Talking about mm. Collingwood, as we get into our new segment here, mm. there's two players I want to speak about. The first one is Jack Ginevan. Early on in the game, um, clearly pay, uh, played for a free kick. I can't remember if he was or wasn't awarded it. But for the rest of the game, he kept doing it and the umpires were not paying free kicks for him because they were aware that he was playing for free kicks. Waitman had a similar incident um, in the Dogs-Cats game where he got shot out of a cannon um, by Zach Guthrie. Honestly, could have been paid um, a push in the back. But because he... Um, 
accentuated the contact, it, it looked like he just didn't get pushed in the back. So do you guys think there is attacks on these players that might be aware in the media that they've been playing for free kicks or in-game it's happened before? Do you think the umpires sort of subconsciously stop playing Def- free kicks? Definitely. I think I've heard someone saying on the radio from an umpire that they did say that you know their umpiring coaches will speak to them before a game and let them know by the way, here are the things you should watch out for certain players who mm. try to kind of accept, uh, you know, make it look like they're mm. getting a free or, you know, the stuff like Joel Seld, you know, be careful of him, you know, raising an arm or something to try and get a high free or be careful of, I don't know, buddy punching people in the face. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort of stuff that I'm hearing that they, they do say, um, you know, to, to umpires. And I think peop- once you get a reputation, just in general, in life, you don't need to be... You know, someone looking out for stuff to go, oh, everyone knows that guy, you know, plays for freeze. It, yeah, I, I definitely. You you look at, um, what was it, Lindsay Thomas back mm. in the day. He kind of got a rep for the similar stuff and he wasn't always getting rewarded when maybe he should have. And I think there's playing for free kicks and then there's, you know, strong technical things, the way you approach the ball and a tackle. So I think there's a difference. I think... I didn't see those. Like I said, I was just listening on the radio, so it's hard to comment. But I think there are players that sort of make their own bed in that department and then they got to sleep in it. I think it's fair enough that they have at times put mayo on it. So as a, an umpire, you do go, you go, okay, for these couple of players, I've got to be damn sure because they've fooled me once before and I've lost a little bit of trust in the way they go about it. So, And then to the other extent, you got to make sure as an umpire that you do pay it if it is there, mm. that you don't overcorrect. It's a double-edged sword. It's a really tricky joke. Yeah, I believe Tom Papley's kind of been another player that sort of, you know, has, has a bit of tax in that department as well. So, yeah, where he's, whether it's, um, you know, playing for being held or, or anything of that nature where he'll try and um, get a free kick or trick the umpire into thinking that. Um, there's a bit of Toby tax, might, might be more down to uh, reportable offences and, and things like that. But you can definitely develop a reputation for that. Um and it can sort of you know work against you if you you know if you are a repeat offender and um, yeah making beds is uh, you know a pretty uh, symbolic not something I do often something but... of your speciality <laughs> I was going to add yeah so um, yeah interesting I, as a result I think almost not in just a, a tax of uh, playing for freeze I almost think that. There's a flog tax. Whoa! I don't think these two guys are well-liked in the media or in the general public from the sort of stuff you, yep. you read. You know, I think people... Well, we always kind of see the the classic... Um, like I'm trying to think Corns. of the word where you try and chop someone down who's rather... Tall poppy syndrome. Tall poppy syndrome sort of mm. thing. They're a bit arrogant, a bit of flair. They're young. People feel, oh, you haven't really earned the right. You know, there was that whole mm. thing on Ginnivan, um when he was doing the, the camera and Sal- stuff. And, and everyone he was saying, having a go at Selwood. Yeah, and, you but, haven't earned yeah. the right to, to, you know, to be arrogant or to act like you're top shit. I feel like people <laughs> kind of then find ways to, to gang up and pile yeah. on the hate. And yep. they go... I don't like this guy already. Oh, that wasn't a free. And they keep doing that. Oh, that guy's yeah. not a free. It's like, you know, people used to try and say that um, Luke Hodge was a dirty player and, or, you know, there were other players out there. <laughs> Is that him at our window knocking? Sorry, Hodge. That was just an example. Of, I, don't, I don't feel it. I, I, I promise you, I don't feel that. But, you know, people who don't like someone, they'll try and find other reasons to justify that hate. I feel mm. like... The free kick thing is just another thing people are going to jump yeah. on. Yeah, there's certainly, I think, some form of uh, 
unconscious or subconscious bias towards a player that maybe even the media plays a big part in like pumping this player up in a negative light and the the umpires obviously are in the AFL circles and will be um, gaining some form, form of media bias um, by taking that information in and subconsciously they'll probably look at it and go mm, yeah maybe he's not going 100% or maybe he's you know doing this or doing that so how did Collingwood always seem to have these young, look, <laughs> like young, young, small forwards who seem to have all this flair and look like they're going to be the next big thing, and then you you don't hear from them ever again? So shout uh, out I'm to Alex Fasolo, Fasolo, Paul Stevenson, even Dugowie to an extent was kind of like that. Sam um, Jamie, <laughs> Jamie Elliott for a while before he disappeared. Jared Blair, yeah, <laughs> like all these guys. Lovely. Um, no offence to those who did not make it after those exciting times. <laughs> uh, also, Chook, you need to write out an uh, apology to Lance Franklin, um, just for your, your comments before. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he'll be, he'll be expecting that. In the well, are you, offense, are you saying that certain players get uh, certain advances from the league, Tyson? Oh. Uh, not at all. That's not, on the, that's not on the sheet today, mate. So, oh. like, <laughs> why, why do you think I had to give that whole apology to the Swans from last week? Buddy was at my door. Yeah. <laughs> Forced him into the apology. One last one to finish on uh, really quickly. A couple of big injuries. Uh, well, one big injury confirmed is Lockie Weller at the Suns ACL confirmed, no. which is a really bad one. Uh, thank you, Chuck. Um, Tom McDonald from Melbourne potentially sees an injury. Really? Liz Frank injury as well. So just Doink. really quickly from all of us, which which one hurts a team more? Oh, McDonald by a yeah. mile, I would have thought. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, I hope he's well, but I'd be happy if he does miss the rest of the year from a competition point of view. You hope he's yeah. weller? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think well, the Gold Coast can't ever catch a break, can they? No. I don't think there's been a year in the mm. last few years. We've mentioned it many times. Witzel last season, King this season, and, and now yeah. Weller, who is performing probably the Pretty best good. he's been while at Gold Coast, is out. Um, Rouse missed so much footy too I'm, at I'm, times. I'm probably on the side that thinking, yeah, maybe... Maybe McDonald <laughs> has the bigger impact on his side. I think mm. Weller, while performing really well, I think Gold Coast actually have a bit of depth and coverage for mm. once that they can probably fill that slot. But, um, yeah, to, I think Tom McDonald's been playing a kind of interesting role for Melbourne that Just they, plug, plug they, the holes. they might find it hard to, to kind of replicate. Definitely. Very hard to replace the spine. <laughs> oh my god! Almost yeah, impossible. You only got, very got one of them, so Dr. Tiz. <laughs> very difficult. Uh, so T Mac for mine. That's the medical degree going to. <laughs> yeah, no, great time, mate. Oh um, so yeah, Weller definitely hurts. Uh, they're running carrying. He's good for a, you know, a goal here and there as well. So yeah, Gold Coast definitely um, a few injuries that hit them hard year after year. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think Weller is the bigger one for me, just in terms of Gold Coast. Um, run to finals. I really do want them to make finals, and it really does hurt them. Uh, but, but they should be able to recover, as you said, because they do have the depth. But um, yeah, they just seem to not be able to catch a break with key injuries at really important times of their career. Um, that'll finish mm. us off for this week, boys. Thank you for joining me, fans. Thank you for listening. As always, uh, please feel free to like, subscribe, comment on all of our platforms. We love hearing from you. In any aspect, we will be talking about our rolling All-Australian team. That will be out on Thursday uh, in audio and in visual form. Oh. So please let us know a what? player from your team that needs to be in the rolling uh, mid-season team. Otherwise, boys, thank you for joining me, and you'll hear from us next week. Bye. Catch you all. Thanks, lads. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter. AFL Unlimited, because footy is limitless.